Hey everyone and welcome to episode number 8 of 5 Minute Popcast brought to you by TinksMagicalVacations.com My name's Nick, also known as at Disney Adams on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out my blog at 5minpopcorn.wixsite.com forward slash blog. For this week's episode, I have a very special guest named Lee Cockrell. He was the Executive Vice President of Operations for Walt Disney World up until 2006, and he agreed to come on and talk to me a little bit about Disney today. You can also find his latest work uh, with a company he started over at LeeCockrell.com. This episode of 5-Minute Popcast is brought to you by TinksMagicalVacations.com. They're friendly, knowledgeable, and best of all, completely free to you. If you need help with a current trip or planning your future trip, head over to TinksMagicalVacations.com. So, Lee, you know, everyone's kind of on, on this podcast ready to hear, you know, you talk about nothing but Disney, but, you know, I want to kind of touch base on your, your career before Disney, you know, how you got there. I know you did eight years with Hilton and about 17 with Marriott. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I uh, I was shocked that I ended up with the career I did. I grew up on a little farm in Oklahoma. We didn't have any money. Uh, my mother was married five times. Uh, I got adopted twice and got my name Cockrell when I was 16 by husband number four and then uh, went to college for two years. Didn't do well because I forgot to go to class and ended up going in the Army in 1964. And uh, so when I got out of the Army, I met a fellow in there and he asked me if I wanted to go to Washington Hilton. He was going to go there for the opening. He was going to be a, a chef. And I said, sure. I went along. I'd never even been in a hotel before like that. And I got a job as a banquet waiter. And I uh, guess I did that for about uh, a couple of years. And then I got into a management training program at Hilton and uh, had eight years with Hilton. I worked in Washington, Chicago, the Waldorf Story in New York, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and after that, I joined Mar- Actually, I met my wife at the Washington Hilton. We've been married 50 years now. And oh, wow. uh, we moved a lot in the early days. We've been in Washington, in Orlando 25 years, and we moved 11 times. So you can imagine the early years I was getting promoted and had to move from one city to another. And So I started with uh, Marriott in Philadelphia, and then I went to Chicago to open the Chicago Marriott. And then we went to Washington. I got uh, promoted to director of food and beverage operations for the East Coast. And then I went to... Uh, Let's see where I went after that. We ended up in the Boston, uh, Springfield, Massachusetts area. Then we went to France. And I, uh, after I, after uh, being in Springfield, I got recruited by Disney in 1990 to go to France and open Disneyland Paris uh, hotels and food and beverage operations. And so we did that and spent three years there and had a great time. And it was one of the best uh, decisions I ever made. It, you know, you think about that sometimes. I was uh, very good place in Marriott and secure and I asked my wife what do you want to do and she said let's go <laughs> so uh, we went <laughs> and uh, it worked out it turned out to be the best decision I ever made but uh, you never know those things can fall apart too but it was good and I, I really encourage people today to take the risk because your best days may be ahead of you and, yeah, uh, actually, you yeah. know, we 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 kind of live that at our house, you know. And they, unfortunately, we're you know we're at a position now with, with three kids, you know. Sometimes the the risks kind of have to come a little bit more often than none. But I, I think both of us agree, you know, especially in in hearing the things you've had to say, you know what, you know, you know, take that risk, you know, and make that next step forward. And 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 there's always Disney to fall back on. <laughs> yeah, and the kids don't care where they live; they adjust in oh, two no. weeks. 
You know, it's good to hear you say that because we, we've kind of been talking about moving. You know, there is an idea of kind of getting ourselves closer to Disney. And, you know, that, that's our main concern, especially, you know, we've got two that are going to be going into middle school next year. We've got one in middle school this year. So, you know, kind of figuring out how the kids are going to feel about it has been, you know, the biggest argument we've had with ourselves. I would say the earlier you do it, the better. It's hard to move them in high school because they really get more emotionally attached to their friends and girlfriends and all that stuff. So uh, we never had a problem. We moved, and uh, our son adjusted very well, and uh, they make friends, you know. I was at my brother-in-law's house the weekend in San Antonio when he told his 13-year-old daughter they were moving to Miami. She pretty much hated her dad the whole weekend. It was like a nightmare. But uh, she turned out and told me it was the best thing she ever did. She went to a great school, learned to speak Spanish. Uh, she's a very successful executive today with Shell Oil. It all works out. <laughs> but when you're 13, you're not too happy. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, that definitely needs to be something that you, you look back on to, 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 really, to really see its benefits. Um, so now yeah. you mentioned coming into to Walt Disney World, or not Walt Disney World, but uh, Disneyland Paris in 1990. Um, now, you ended up moving up as the Executive uh, Vice President of Operations over at Walt Disney World. Um, when about did that kind of come in, and can you tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of how operations, you know, things changed for you as you came into that role? Yeah, when I was at uh, in Paris, I was in charge of the hotel division, uh, the operations for hotels, and I got uh, Justin Green, who was the president of Walt Disney World Attractions at the time. Uh, I worked with him on some things over there, and I guess he liked me because he offered me the job to be the senior vice president of the hotel division in Orlando. So I came there and did that for two years, and then I got promoted to executive vice president of all the operations at Disney. And uh, it really, it was great. I had we had all four parks. I had all the resorts, uh, Disney in downtown Disney at the time, now Disney Springs, the ESPN Sports Complex. So I had a big job, and uh, I had a great team, which is why I was so successful. I tell people I didn't know what was going on, but they did. So that was uh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it definitely seems like, you know, the, the people you surround yourself with definitely build up the team in, in such a way. Um, now, you know, I, I I'm curious. Have you did you ever go to Disney? You know, before working for uh, for Disney itself. We went only. We lived in California when I worked for Hilton. I worked in Los Angeles Hilton in downtown L.A. And my wife and I were poor as could be, and uh, we went to Disneyland. We took our son the first time he was two years old, and we had so much fun. We left him at home the next two times. Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> you have more fun without a two-year-old. And uh, oh, I, I can actually, imagine. He had never been to Disney until he joined Disney, and I had—I'd never been to Disney World. And uh, you know, back in the day, we were in the middle of my career, and it was expensive, and I couldn't really afford it. And, and but uh, I didn't tell him that during my interview that I'd never been there. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that was probably a good wise thing to do. Um, now you know we're all you know. I mean, you've promoted this, and you've really built up you know what Disney does for for the magical experiences. Do, do you remember any? You know, or does any any particular scenario, uh, you know, come to mind when you think about your times going to Disney before working there? Uh, I, Disney to me was just, you know, television and uh, movies. And I didn't know anything really about Disney parks except the trip we had to Disneyland a couple of times. I couldn't even imagine how big uh, Walt Disney World was till I came there. And it's still mind-boggling. And it's probably twice as big today as when I first arrived here. It's a... Uh, 
Amazing place. And um, I learned a lot there. I learned a lot at Hilton. I learned the business there and the hotel business. And I learned a lot at Marriott, how to be a better manager and control the profit and loss and the finances. And then at Disney, I really learned how important attention to detail is and everything matters. And you got to really, that whole thing of being a, having a role in the show and behaving yourself and focusing 100% on the guests. And uh, so I learned a lot in all three jobs, but I would say I learned the most at Disney. Yeah, now, um, you know, since you've retired in, um, you said 2006, um, it seems like you, you've really kind of taken that and, and, and built a company around it. You, you do the podcast, Creating Disney Magic, um, one that I listen to regularly and, and really kind of grow from myself professionally. Um, you've also wrote, um, you've written four books. Um, it, please correct me if, you know, they're, they're more or less. Um, two of which, um, one that I've read is uh, Creating Magic, and then um, The Customer Rule um, is another big one. Um, do you want to t- kind of talk right. about your, your career now and, and how you're, you're, you're teaching others to create the, the Disney magic? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, you know, I worked for 42 years, and I was thinking, what am I going to do? And I didn't want to just sit at home and on the couch. So I had a deal with Disney before I left to write a book, and they let me put Disney on the cover, and they supported it, and let me own the book. And so I wrote that and uh, started my business and set up a website and started putting on my website what I did, teaching. Uh, I could teach classes. I could teach seminars. I could uh, um, do all, give guest service seminars, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I just started slowly getting business. And at first, I did it for free, just all over for churches and schools and things to get practice. And then uh, uh, once the book came out, I started getting a lot more um assignments people start calling right and left and then uh, the book creating magic is in 18 languages now it's all over the world it just just signed a deal with china they just bought all four and russia bought all four and uh, so it's everywhere and uh, it's in many classrooms and universities now as a textbook and uh, it's been exciting and fun and i meet so many interesting people you know when you were just work at disney or you work in whatever wherever you work your life is all about that company, and today I get to meet people all over the world. This year I've been to Australia, Portugal, uh, Hong Kong, giving speeches. I'm going to uh, UK shortly, and uh, just uh, Germany in May. So it's fun. My wife travels with me. We have a lot of fun. We tap on some vacation on the end of those trips, and uh, so it turned out to kind of be the uh, perfect uh, new life. <laughs> so we're really having fun with it. It seems like you guys still get to keep you know your your travel shoes on, you keep your bags packed, which it seems like you guys have kind of grown to enjoy over all the years, you know, moving around for companies, and and you get to talk yeah. about what you love, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Now, you know, I, I kind of want to touch base a little bit more about you know kind of your experience at the park. I'm sure you know a lot of listeners are kind of going to kind of be wondering, um, you know, do you have any um favorite restaurants that you would you know kind of hop into when you you're working at the parks or any um, you know, any favorite rides that you, you know, you, or you, you'd like to kind of hit when you were there? Or did you just kind of, you know, go in, do the business you had to do and, and you know, kind of do, do things on that end? No, I frequented all of them, but I would say my heart is with the California Grill because we had to go talk to Michael Eisner to give us $6 million to renovate it. And, uh, after we got the $6 million, we found out we had an asbestos problem, so we were a million dollars over budget. <laughs> and, uh, cool. 
And uh, so that restaurant really set the pace. I worked with the guy, Dieter Hanning was my food and beverage guy. We we That really changed all the food and beverage operations at Walt Disney World. We started hiring great chefs in one restaurant after another. So I would say uh, that one really got it started. My wife and I like to go to Epcot in the afternoon, you know, maybe 4 or 5 o'clock, uh, go some one of the pavilions. We love the French pavilion, of course. Uh, all of them are good. And we try different ones. And then we watch the fireworks and go home. And I guess yeah. Rock and Roller Coaster was my favorite ride because it was so, uh, the launch was so uh, extreme. <laughs> so I thought it was fun. But I took my grandkids there when, from the day. Uh, they all lived here in Orlando, so I used to go to the parks with them a lot. And depending what age they were, you know, when they were little, we went to the Magic Kingdom a lot. And then later on, they got braver. We went on Tower of Terror and things like that. And and uh, now, of course, they want to go by themselves. They don't want any chaperones. <laughs> You know, I'm not ready for that day with my kids. I know my my daughter and I went on um, the Tower of Terror last year for the first time, and she 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 kind of she she you could tell she was scared, but she was putting her brave you know shoes on. She was she was ready to do it. She, you know, she was excited to do it. And then you know, really got through the queue and everything. I thought she once we got down in the basement towards the elevators, I thought she was going to freak out. We were done, but we got on there and we got through the whole first show of it, and that was the coolest thing. She absolutely loved it. And then the drop happened, and I I, I can't even <laughs> kid you, Lee. I, I was so scared. And I actually I have the picture with our memory maker of me just looking at yeah. her in, in just utter fear because she was not breathing. I think she went to scream and just it, it just all went out and it did not go back in until we stopped dropping. But, I know how you know, she feels. Is, I mean, yeah, yeah. And you having okay. that experience with her is something you'll never forget. I mean, those are the kind of experiences you have with your children, which uh, both of you will appreciate that moment forever. No, absolutely. Now, touching base on on the children, um, you know, being a father myself, I always kind of have the philosophy that, you know, you're more than welcome to be like me, but I would much rather you be better than me. Um, you know, now your son, um, Dan Cockrell, um, you know, kind of came up into the company. He, he worked his way up through the ranks, you know, you know, just like you did over with Hilton and and and, and turned in Marriott. Um, you know, how how was that as a father to to see your son kind of come up in that role? Oh, it's amazing, you know. You always wonder. I mean, I felt lucky that we actually, he lived in the same town I did. He lived in France when I lived there. Uh, having your kids nearby is not so much happening anymore because most kids graduate from college and they go off, you know, 12 directions. And uh, so he uh, lived in Orlando all these years. His kids were teeny when they were here and they're now 23, 20, and 17. So I got to grow up with him, and it was great to watch him uh, have his successes at Disney, and his big successes even happened after I left. So that's when he became a vice president, and uh, and that was good. I think he was happy I left, so I could get out of his way. So uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit less of a shadow to just kind of kind of move up and yeah. into that position. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that was hard for him, you know. When your dad is there in charge, it's kind of hard. Everybody kind of gives you grief, but. Uh, he did well, and he's doing well now. So, well, that 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 in itself is is enough adversity to to, to you know kind of turn people to other other um, career paths or other just other companies. So you know for him to have gotten through that and to really you know grown into his own is, is you know phenomenal in itself. To kind of finish off um you know our conversation, you know the, the one thing that I'm kind of curious is if you had to you know say one thing that you you took away from your career with Disney and your career and hospitality that you could kind of pass along to our listeners, uh, what would it be? Well, I think it would be, I think I learned those were three great companies, and I would tell <laughs> your listeners that everything matters. 
if you want to have a great organization, you got to pay attention to everything. You get the parking lot, the bushes, the way the people look, the bathroom cleanliness, the friendliness, uh, everything matters. And companies that can think that way and have high expectations for excellence will be excellent. If you lower your standards and you don't have, you don't hire the right people, you don't train them right, you don't treat them right, uh, you won't. So I would say the key is hire, hire the best people, train them right, and treat them right. And uh, that's what I've learned. It takes all three things. You can't just have a good product. you got to have great people. And that's what Disney does best. We're very careful who we select. And we're very careful how we train them. And we're very careful how we treat them. And so I would say those three things everybody can kind of think about for themselves. Hire them right, train them right, and treat them right. Are you doing that well or not? Well, that that is definitely some wisdom to uh, to bring, you know, just about every one of our lives. Well, Lee, thank you so much for coming on with us. Um, you know, I, I, I really, it's a huge honor to have you on, um, you know, and really appreciate it. Thank you very much. If you're planning a trip to Disney, make sure to head over to TinksMagicalVacations.com. They are a Disney-authorized travel planning company, and they're here to help you. Their service is completely free, and their agents are extremely knowledgeable. Head on over to TinksMagicalVacations.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another week's episode of Today in Disney History. Uh, this one's pretty cool. On October 15th, 1998, Disney World's newest show, Fantasmic, debuts in Hollywood Hills Amphitheater, located in Disney's MGM Studios, which is now just Hollywood Studios. Um, that, that show is still going on, and it is a uh, good one to keep as a uh, last Fast Pass of the day, um, as many of you know. And for those who don't, um, when you do your Fast Passing, you get to select three right up front, and once you use those three, you are given another fast pass, and then another and another after you use those corresponding fast passes. So something that my family does, and a lot of other planners do, is they save one of those fast passes for the end of the night, and you're usually able to use it to get into a, a um, show of Fantasmic. So keep that in mind, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Today in Disney History. If you're having trouble with a current trip, or even a future trip, head over to TinksMagicalVacations.com. They're free, friendly, and willing to help. As we wrap up this episode of 5-Minute Popcast, I'm really hoping that you guys enjoyed um, listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed uh, listening to Lee and talking with Lee. Um, it was very special for him to come on. Um, you know, I, I was listening to his podcast, which is uh, Creating Disney Magic, over on um, iTunes and any other podcast provider, provider online. Um, and, you know, in, in one of his previous podcasts, he said, you know, you just got to ask. And, and, you know, there is no harm in asking and, and just to kind of put yourself out there. So I went ahead and did that. I, I shot Lee an email on Facebook and, um, you know, he, he actually he, he contacted me and that's how we got this interview going. So, guys, you know, in the spirit of Disney, you know, keep moving forward and make sure that you guys, um, you know, kind of put yourself out there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, this is brought to you by TinksMagicalVacations.com. You can find all of Lee's work, uh, current work, over at LeeCockroll.com. And, of course, my blog and my podcast can be listened to over at 5minpopcorn.wix, W-I-X, site.com forward slash blog. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week.